This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. This is MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. Thanks for tuning in. We're joined, as always, by Jeffrey Flanagan to talk about the Royals, who went all in at the trade deadline. Uh, last time we spoke, Jeffrey, was, was between the Johnny Cueto trade and the Ben Zobris trade, so uh, another big move since the last time we spoke. And uh, just with Zobris in general, I mean, talk about a perfect fit with Alex Gordon out and then the need yeah. for you know, some infield assistance in general moving forward uh, once Gordon comes back. I mean, he's made an instant impact with the bat, hit a home run from both sides of the plate Saturday, another one on Sunday. Um, just your thoughts on, on that addition. Uh, that's a guy that they've been targeting for a long, long time. Uh, they really admire his skill set. You know, he's probably one of the top two or three super utility guys in, in all of baseball. And, and you're right, uh, they have a certain need right now in left field with Alex Gordon out. Um, and then when Alice comes back, <clears throat> hopefully uh, uh, at the end of August, early September, um, they plan on kind of shifting him all over the place, uh, a little bit at second, a little bit at third, a little bit in right field, uh, you name it. And they'll probably have to spell Gordo uh, a couple times in left, too, coming back from that injury. So just a great pickup there. Didn't really cost him that much. Um, I didn't think so. The Cueto deal, of course, we talked about that last week, but it, that one did cost him a little bit more. But uh, right. It just uh, it kind of shocked all of us, I think, to a degree that a team that was over 20 games over 500 and, and knowing Dayton's record of <clears throat> his past record of, of not really going all in at the trade deadline to see him pull up two moves like this was was really pretty impressive. Um, you often wonder though if uh, moves like that will end up panning out because certainly last year at this time they did for the teams that went all in like that. Uh, some of them were just disasters. Oakland in mind. Uh, so you hope that the Royals hope that they're not going to be in that category. But uh, they, they felt like they added two guys that are good clubhouse mixes more than anything else. Obris is you know, a good teammate. Um, he's already contributed on the field, as you mentioned. Uh, Johnny Cueto is a good friend of, of Edison Volquez, and, and uh, your, your Donald Ventura admires him. So it, it, I think Dayton thought that that was a good mix for the clubhouse, too. So he was very careful. And he went all in, but he was very careful not to uh, poison the clubhouse in any respect. So, um Pretty exciting times. They, they they haven't played that well since they got the two additions, but I think it's just kind of an adjustment period, and, and they'll be fine down the road. Yeah, I mean, they didn't deal from the big league club, which I, I guess is important. You mentioned Oakland last year, you know, trading Cespedes, and it changed yeah. the whole scope of that club, really. Um, the Royals more just filled in gaps. I spoke with Eric Hosmer last week about Zobers coming aboard. He said, you know, we struggled against – good left-handed pitching, so he can certainly help in that regard. We look at his numbers against lefties. And, um, but it yeah, sounds like two, Ned Yost is pretty adamant like that, that Omar Infante really is going to stay at second base when, when Gordon comes back and, and Zobris moves uh, into helping out the infield more than anything. I mean, it, it sounds like he's pretty adamant about Infante sticking at second. 
Yeah, because he values uh, this is a team that's, that's uh, first and foremost is, is a great defensive team, and, and he's not going to upset that at all. Uh, I, I really think Omar could probably, I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but he could probably hit 150 and he'd keep his job just because they value his defense so much. Um, and that's that's how they win games still with pitching and defense. They've got a little bit more offense this year, and, and Zobra certainly is going to be a helpful addition there. That gives him another switch hitter to go with Morales, um, which they didn't have any last year. They didn't have any in, in many years, actually. So to have two in the lineup now gives Yosta uh, really a lot of versatility in his um uh, order his batting order construction, and it really helps. I think on the road, like you mentioned, against the tough lefties who have not done well against this year, but um, they'll they'll find plenty. You know, Ned's told me several times that that even when Alex comes back, uh, Ben Zorbush is going to play. He's going to play somewhere, and they they've got plenty of spots where he can play because uh, there there have been times that that Alex Rios has struggled against right-handers. Uh, they might maybe a tough left-hander with Mike Mustakas, so you put him at third there. Um, just to keep Omar fresh at second base, maybe spell him once a week. So he'll he'll still get five or six games a week. And um, just a, a guy, like I said, you know, a guy that Dayton Moore has just admired for a long, long time, and he finally got him, and uh, I, I, Dayton couldn't be happier. And just because there's so much emphasis on every single outing when when you get a rental starting pitcher like Johnny Cueto, what was the takeaway from his uh, Royals debut on Friday night in Toronto? Well, it would have been terrific if they had held on to win, but it was like one of the – I think it was uh, maybe the first time this year they coughed up a lead uh, after the seventh inning. I, I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but there haven't been many. So it was kind of shocking to see you know, him leave with a 6-3 to three lead and they end up losing the game. Um, so that kind of, you know, cast the pall on it all. Uh, but I thought he pitched pretty well against a really ferocious Toronto lineup that's just smoking hot right now. Uh, they're just crushing everything over the weekend. And uh, he held them in check, uh, got a quality start, three runs. Uh, made a couple mistakes, but uh, I think they walked away with that, thinking, "Hey, we got a guy that know that we know can take the ball over the fifth day and, and give us a quality start. Uh, it gives them a lot more depth. Um, you know, with him and Volquez and, and Duffy and Ventura, they feel really solid about their front four. So, going into the playoffs, that's going to be huge. And of course, the other thing, the, the big thing to come out of this weekend was the uh, situation with the Blue Jays. Oh, boy. Uh, the benches clearing uh, incident there, and just a lot of smack talk back and forth. Jose Bautista saying he lost a lot of respect for Ned Yost after Yost's comments about the Blue Jays' offense, and then Jordano uh, Ventura uh, piping off about Bautista and Edison Volquez uh, calling Josh Donaldson the baby. Um, All right, Dickie. <laughs> we've had a lot of these uh, situations with the Royals this year. Uh, I mean, the main thing I took away from this one was how great it would be to see these two clubs face each other in the playoffs. But uh, what, what did you come, uh, come out of this with? Uh, what yeah, were your I thoughts the coming same out of this thing. I, mean, I really did think the same thing. They, uh, this would be one really exciting matchup in, in, in October. Uh, and very well could happen. That that team, the, the Royals, to a man, just walked away thinking, wow, those guys can hit. I mean, especially in that ballpark, they just crushed the ball. And that's kind of what led to the hostilities on Sunday is, you know, those guys all wear uh, pads on their on their left elbows and, and, and guards uh, because they lean over the plate so much and lunge into the ball so much. I think the Royals, after three days of watching them launch home runs, just kind of got tired of it, and they started pitching inside. Um, and the Blue Jays didn't react to that very well. Um, so that led to a lot of uh, craziness on the field and a lot of craziness in the, in the clubhouses afterward. Um, you know, I, I posed the question to, to Eddie, because, you know, were you surprised? And that's what elicited the 
the big baby comment. <laughs> that thing, of course, just went viral. And, and then, you know, you have R.A. Dickey, you know, saying, hey, these guys are used to pushing people around, and they don't like it when, you know, someone just as big as them shows up on the playground. And uh, just some great quotes, really, um, and it'll certainly set up for possibly a great rivalry uh, uh, in October if it happens. But I don't know. I mean, it's just... <laughs> The, the Royals, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that this is a team that made the playoffs for the first time in 29 years last year, and suddenly they're the bullies of baseball. Um, it just It's hard for me to wrap my arms around that. Um, they just I'm with them every day, and I, I just don't see that. Uh, you know, they do believe in themselves, and they're a tight-knit group, and they stand up for each other, um, but they really don't go out hunting for fights. Um, they're not the, the Oakland A's of the 70s. Or, I mean, they just they don't. They're not a fighting type of group. They just—they're very competitive, and they want to win bad, uh, badly. But uh, it's just the notion that they're doing this stuff on purpose. Um, you know, some people have brought up the point too that the, the, the incidents that they've had this year, coincidence or not, have come against either ex A's or, or current A's. Uh, you're talking about Samarja and Lowry, and now Josh Donaldson, all guys that were involved in the. In the wild card game last year, so is that just a coincidence? Uh, is there some bad blood brewing over from that game? I don't know. Um, so uh, it's just kind of interesting to me that uh, you know the, the biggest brawls this year have all come with those guys. So uh, we'll see how it plays out down the road. Yes, we will. And uh, to, to add Cueto, obviously they had to do something in the rotation and uh, decided to stick with Jeremy Guthrie there and move Chris Young to the bullpen. Um, I know Guthrie's pitched a little bit out of the bullpen in his career, but but not much. And, and Young, of course, has done it this season. Was that basically the biggest factor in that decision? Yeah, and you know it's it's, it's kind of puzzling to some people too, and and and, and those of us who cover the team as well, um, because you know before this year, Chris Young had never thrown an inning out of relief, and he just kind of learned how to do it. Um, so the notion that Jeremy Guthrie can't do it uh, because he's not done it very much before. Uh, not necessarily a strong argument. Um, I, I just think that, you know, Ned really thinks that Jeremy has a better chance of getting them through six or seven innings. Um, Chris Young lately, he's not pitched poorly by any stretch. He's just been kind of so-so. Uh, he's, had, he's had a couple of good starts in his last eight starts, but not been the guy who was the first eight starts, of course. But he's not a guy that's really going to probably go six or seven innings, and maybe that's factored into it. You know, Ned's just... He's not. Uh, he's just been kind of uh, net about it, you know, which is a little bit stubborn. Say, hey, I, I picked my guy, and that's it. You know, next question. So it's <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that you know, come playoff time, it's probably not going to be a big deal because you know how often do you get to the fifth starter? Right. Never. So it you know it's just over the next two months. Um, and and look, Ned did say, hey, this thing is not set in stone. If if Jeremy comes out and throws another game like he did against the Indians on Wednesday. Um, they're going to evaluate this week by week. So, you know, I think the, you know, Jeremy's been warned basically that, you know, this, you're going to get another start, and it probably won't be until um, this weekend against the White Sox. Um, so, but it better be a good one because, uh, you know, they're in win, win now mode. So it's uh, uh, the kind of pressure's going to be a little bit on him here. And if he doesn't make it, make a good start, <clears throat> Ned will probably go to either Young or maybe even a Chris Medlin. Um, we'll see. So, um, it was an interesting decision, and um, I think it's, uh, it's not over yet. Uh, one last thing, Jeffy. What's the latest on Alex Gordon's timetable? I know he's uh, been swinging off a tee. 
Yeah, he's. Uh, uh, it's just kind of amazing to see how quickly he's come back. He's doing a lot of uh, agility running in the outfield before every game. He's, he's all pumped up about uh, hitting off the tee in Toronto. I was watching him a few times, and, I mean, just off a tee, you know, he was hitting ball to the warning track, which is pretty hard to do when you think about it. That's a, that's a long way to hit a ball that's not coming in at 80 or 90 miles an hour. So uh, he's just excited to be able to be swinging the bat. He'll probably start. Uh, swinging out of the uh, taking pitches out of the cage, swinging pitches out of the cage uh, at the end of the Detroit series this week, um, and then just kind of slowly, gradually go. Um, I think they they're hoping that maybe they he could get back by the end of August. Um, you know, they don't want to rush him too much, but uh, they they still would love to get his bat back in the lineup, and um, he could be a big addition to maybe the second half of September and certainly in the playoffs. So, seems to be a fast healer to me. Um, Royals fans kind of kind of view him as Superman, Iron Man type of guy. So uh, he's uh, he's probably going to. They said eight weeks to begin with. He's probably going to beat that by a week or two. Well, that's certainly good news, and, and the Royals certainly have all the pieces now after a, a very active trade deadline for them. <laughs> I want to thank Jeffrey Flanagan for joining us, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.